Are you ready? A shot of wrestling. Episode 307. And the way we go. Everybody, welcome to another episode of A Shot of Wrestling. I'm your host, at Michael J. Putty. We have a very, very special episode. Not only do we have one special guest, we have two. First off, please welcome the voice of BCW, the man himself, Mr. Cheyenne Ortiz. Cheyenne, welcome back to the show. How are we doing, friends? How are we doing, Mike? How are we doing, fans? Good to be back on. And now saving the best for last, no disrespect, Cheyenne, the governor, the guiding lights, Mr. A.J. Penn. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Thank you, my brother. Glad to be back. Always a pleasure. And I'm here with my guys tonight. I love it. It's going to That's be great right. Episode. We are the guys. Yes. Yes, we are We are AJ Pan guys, a, uh, a title I wear very proudly, thinking about getting shirts made for us, make our own little make our own little club. It's a very small club, apparently. <laughs> very yes. small, yeah. But, but and it's, it's, a, and it's, it's only, small, it's only it's, positive in four of the five boroughs. Yeah. It's, it's quality, not quantity. I like the way that sounds, yes. Yes, it's quality, yeah, so... I, I approve of every member that is included. Yeah. Cheers to being AJ Pan, guys. Yeah, salute. Salute. Well, I have you both here because, for those of you living in Iraq, last weekend was the fifth anniversary of BCW. Anniversary 5. What a show. I think we started with you guys right before Anniversary 2. There's been a long partnership between BCW and uh, Shadow Wrestling, so it's amazing. Five years. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's been quite a ride. Uh, I've been with BCW for almost its entire five-year run. Uh, seen a lot of changes, but we're we're back. And if this show was any uh, indication of where we're going, I think we're we're on we're on the right track to where I think we should be. We oh. had a while off with the pandemic, uh, but now you know we're Queen of the North three, and now anniversary five. We're kicking things in a high gear. Definitely, that was a great show you put on uh, last weekend. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, me, me and Mr. Cole worked very hard on it. Uh, a lot of back and forth, a lot of changes, but uh, we, we made it work. And, yeah, I'm proud of everybody in that locker room who were there, put their put their bodies on the line for us. I, I'm very impressed with everybody. Now, you wrote to the show with me and my former co-host, and in route, you were telling us all the problems going on. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's a lot of fucking problems going on. I'm trying to tell you, you know, to try to stay upbeat. No, everything will work out. Everything will be fine. And amazingly... Everything worked out. Everything was fine. The biggest problem you guys had was no, there was no DJ. There was no middle rope. <laughs> no bottom rope. Bottom rope. You guys moved the bottom rope to the middle rope. A genius right. idea. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Really good job. That that was one for the books. Yeah. Uh, flights were delayed. Uh, people uh, injured. The I, I, three injuries that whole week leading up to it. And one that day pulled out. But, yeah, we made it work. Uh, yeah, DJ didn't come in until like 10, 15 minutes before bell time. But, yeah, from what I've heard, people sitting in the stands, you know, you wouldn't have known it because we all came together. We made it work. And 
that's what you got to do. You got to roll the punches. Cards subject to change. Yeah. <laughs> and definitely changed quite a bit. but <laughs> hey, A little bit. Just a bit. But you know what? That's what you got to do in pro wrestling. You got to roll with it. If, if, if you get too frazzled out, you're not cut out for the business. I think we were eating your sandwiches. We got some, uh, what, Bobo's? Chili yes, cheesesteak yes. sandwiches? And you were eating them. You finally finished first half, and then people, your phone was blowing up. People were bothering you. I think you barely got to finish the second half. Yeah, yeah. But I, what I did have, I did enjoy. Shane Spears uh, warned me off of it. But uh, a big shout-out to Doug Allen, who uh, did put me onto that spot. So, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's that's the spot up the street, right? Yes. If it makes you feel better, because I just want to commend you and Cole, awesome job. I, I don't... I don't need to go into any more details than that. You guys did phenomenal. You know what I mean when I say that. And if this makes you feel better, anything that was happening backstage did not look transparent on the program. I guess because the DJ took all your heat is why. (laughs) All right. And when you watch the show back when it drops, you know, because AJ's kayfabing me on a launch. But, you know, it's out there already in the dark webs. But the DJ took all the heat off of you guys so anything that you had to deal with don't worry about it nobody in the crowd noticed well okay that, that yeah that's the main thing i worry about so i'm glad you know i don't care if i got to deal with the headache as long as it doesn't show in front of the people and as long as the bottom line when the show's the final bell rings and the crowd is like man that was a great show we had such a great time in the end it was all worth it yeah yeah no not a bit it and all things considered ran very smoothly very smoothly yeah, yeah. you couldn't yeah. tell anything was wrong except the bottom rope was missing yeah. <laughs> want to shout somebody out real quick because I think it's important and he was a big part of why things didn't look a certain way past the curtain and that's Shane Fair oh absolutely Shane yeah. Fair what kind of separates him from other ring announcers and I'm not trying to throw shade I'm not like because everybody you know it's 2022 and everybody takes everything personal Shane was putting bandages on everything he was the plate spinner I usually call him the Rodney Dangerfield. Well, he was being the Don Rickles that That's night. Right. He was the plate spinner, kind of bringing everybody together because if the DJ was stalling trying to find a song, you didn't know that because Shane was walking you through during entrances, before entrances, bringing it all together. He was coming up with impromptu segments, uh, uh, segments putting over um, uh, Naya and, and things like that. He was he was top notch. So so Shane's one of the MP- MVPs of the show along, of course, with all the men and women that performed. Hands down. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Shane is one of the un- unsung heroes. Uh, everybody loves him, but they don't realize how much he he does, and because he doesn't want it to be known. You just know he's just very quietly, what do you need? And then he goes, scampers off, he sneaks off, and he takes care of stuff. And he's done so many shows at that venue that he he already knows like what needs to be done. Like You just say, oh, we need to, okay, I got it, I'm on it. And he, yeah, he, yeah. he's yeah, like, and Shane still, he's in that that middle part where you know he's definitely been in a while, but he's still a fan and hard. He's still so passionate about wrestling. Yeah, you can tell too that it's not like he's. I looked at he's not jaded yet, which I love to say. <laughs> we a lot of us have lost that. He is still very. He shows up. He has a huge smile on his face. Like you see in his eyes, like he still loves it. I mean, yeah. we all do, but like a lot of us, like like I can speak for myself. I can broke him down. <laughs> I don't have. I like you said earlier, like, how did I feel? Like, I was just, I had no emotion left. I'm like, okay, let's just see what else happens next. I can't even get right anymore. <laughs> let's just see what's going to happen. Right. Where Shane just, he's already on, okay, what do you need? We're going to make this happen. Props to him. Yes, big shout out to Shane. Yeah, big time. And there's one point that people were shitting on the DJ. The DJ was last minute DJ, came in last minute as well, and he fucked up one of the songs. The crowd turned on him. Shane was booing him as well. But then Shane realized, like, well, let's let's, let's break kayfabe here, and like, like he just came in last minute. 
He's doing yeah. a hell of a job. And he saved it. I'm like that's, that was a brilliant move on his part. Something else you needed to fill in. Somebody, a couple people else didn't show up. You needed a commentator and break glass in case of emergencies. Sitting at the desk, that's the, the voice himself, the guidance of Cheyenne Ortiz. I had fun. Thank you for the opportunity, and hope you uh, enjoyed our work. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, again, that was another thing. You know, once I heard, you know, while we were down somebody, and uh, I know, you know, we, me and you have talked about it, uh, buddy, and I also, you know, Mark has talked about, and I thought it was just a perfect opportunity. Like, you know what, let's, hey, if, you want, if you're down for it, if, you know, and I know you had no, you know, real preparation, but you followed yeah. our product, and if you wanted to go for it, I said, let's go for it. Perfect opportunity. An anniversary, why not? You've been with us almost as long as anybody, so. That's right. Who else to represent, you know, help us Damn represent right. our brands? Hope you're proud of me. I hope you get another opportunity. But moving on to the actual show itself, what a show. Started out with, the, I think, one of the matches people were looking forward to most, Rick Recon against Anthony Gangone. And that did oh, not yeah. disappoint. And we had the surprise of uh, Prince Nana joining Anthony Gangone. So added so, so much to that match. I didn't think I need, it needed more, but it got more, and it was it worked so well. Yes. It was nice to see Rick Recon come back as well. It was nice to see him come back as well. And then, you know, when somebody comes back, it's either everything or nothing. And for Rick Recon, it was everything because it was a hell of a match, you know. And Rick Recon also had a double shot, and it wasn't like he was phoning it in. He brought the pain. True. And he got a big-time victory uh, against Anthony Gangone, who Anthony Gangone, one of the best talents in New York, New Jersey. Yeah, without question. And, uh, yeah, Rick, Rick's been doing his thing, you know, the past year or so. He's really amped it up. He's been traveling all over, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, we, I've sort of crossed the ring from him, so, you know. Especially, we don't get along, but I do respect him. He's just, he's a hard worker. He has up this game so much. Uh, but yeah, he was in there with Anthony Gangone, and Gangone I've known for as you, Cheyenne, we've known him for years. Uh, yeah. I go back with him to the Five Burrows days when he was a part of the uh, you know Crusade for Change, and yeah. just seeing yeah. his evolution. And he's always been one of the hardest workers in the ring. So you know, it, it, it's been it, he's one of the guys too. He's one of the hardest workers, but he's very quiet. He comes up, he shows up, does his job, and that's kind of it. He's finally starting to break out of his shell a little bit, but uh, that's one of the things I, I kind of hate about the wrestling business, but I love it at the same time because the guy like Angone, like, he comes up, he shows up, and when he gets an opportunity and somebody actually sees his talent, that's when you know you know the company, as well as him, they're doing something right because he's the guy he right. deserves the most. He is one of the best talents out there that kind of flies under the radar because, again, he doesn't quote-unquote play the game. Mm, true. But, but I think Prince there, Nana he... made a made a bold proclamation. I, I I don't know when, but at some point it's kind of inevitable. Anthony Gangone, BCW World Champion. That's right. I I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past him. He's that de- he definitely is deserving. I mean, yeah, he could definitely contend for it, and especially with Prince Nana on his corner, uh, that's a definitely dangerous combination. Yeah. So you had Rick Recon, Anthony Gangone, the legend Prince Nana in his corner. Rick Recon had some guy in his corner. What a hot start to the show, followed up by two, a couple of awesome women's matches. Then you had Bougie versus Alexander. Jay Bougie, my yeah. good friend, come on. Yeah, you're, yeah. You see, it's weird because you just said Jay Bougie is your good friend. Yeah. And for some reason, in my gut, I believe that. Yes. But Mr. Yeah, Ortiz was sitting to my left, and he said Bougie's his best friend. And in the pit of my gut, it was unbelievable. Well, yeah. you know, in life, you can have more than one best friend. Oh, absolutely. And we all have those best friends that kind of take when you call the other real, actual, deeply rooted best friend the truth. And then someone like AJ Pan, who's kind of sort of a best friend, but not wow. really deep rooted, true best friend. That other best friend that's just labeled a best friend, that best friend takes it to heart. And that's what happens with my homie, uh, Jay Bougie, 
okay? And I'm down with the cause and the bougie <laughs> boot, wow. and I'm and I'm and I'm his slippery sock, and I'm a big fan of Jay Bougie, and he picked up the win. And I spoke to him earlier. I spoke to him earlier on on loop, you know, the phone thing, loop. And no, I do not know that. It doesn't exist anymore. Yes, I don't think so, right? That you 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 guys aren't hip, okay? We spoke earlier on the loop, and he hit me with the, okay, and I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a T-shirt. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, he did tell me too. He was gonna try. He was gonna give you a discount, but it's gonna be at yeah, fifteen dollars out of twenty. No, I'm I'm getting a free one. Are you? You weren't yeah. even invited to the takeover show. I was invited. I was inviting guests to join him. No, you know, it's, you were you were busy dealing with bureaucratic stuff because you're a fairly important guy. You know, you're the guy. And, um, you know, uh, we got me and me and Jay Bougie, man. Listen, big scoop. We got a quick session, little checkers and tight game. But on this one, he, he actually beat me, man. I thought it was backgammon. No, it's always checkers first for two rounds. Okay. And then it's one quick ga- game of backgammon. Now, at one point during the Darius Carter matches, the, the penultimate main event, Jay Bougie joined us on commentary by us. I mean, he took, yeah. my, he took my spot. So it was. Mr. Pan, Mr. Ortiz, Mr. Bougie. Now, um, AJ Pan, can you, I guess, spoil it for people who haven't yet watched it? Did Jay Bougie collaborate Cheyenne's claims? Are they, in fact, best friends? Do they play checkers no, all the time? Not. No, oh, no. Okay. Cheyenne was actually trying to accost Jay Bougie when Darius Carter mistakenly hit him. I saw that, and yeah. You will hear it on commentary. He told Cheyenne I, to get off of him. Wow. I resuscitated Mr. Bougie. No, he was asking, he was being. Screaming to get off of him. He did not like Jay that. Bougie was assaulted. Jay Bougie was assaulted by the all-father Darius Carter. And thank goodness that I am three times over CPR trained. I resuscitated Jay Bougie back to greatness. Didn't look like that from afar. Serenity had some words for that, too. She's not and a can I tell you? Right now either. Can I tell you? I don't know <laughs> what soap he uses, but it's got a lavender scent, and it is divine. This guy's wow. a creep. Wow. Yeah, I got, I got like, oh, chills. Yeah, very creepy. Yeah, it's almost as creepy as Mark Schwann. Almost. Well, I don't know that almost, name. Almost. 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 Almost as creepy Mark, as Mark Cohen. Almost. A lot of good matches on the show, on the card. One of them was the first t- title opportunity. Blonde Force Trauma defended against the Hex. But that was a very fun match to watch. I think his spot's been blowing up on my social media was the Tortilla Challenge. That's right. Amazing. Yeah, I was wondering why they asked me to go shopping in the middle of the show for them. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, they asked me to get tortillas. So I'm not a big TikTok guy, but uh, that was entertaining, except for Allison K uh, spitting water in my face. But thankfully, you had the shades you covered. You pay extra for that. <laughs> you know I do sometimes, yeah. And, and it was hot in that building, so it was a little refreshing. Actually. That it was. Yeah. And pulling the I know cur- a lot of those fans would have paid 75 bucks for that. A lot of them would have, including Mr. Ortiz himself. Yeah, they would for have, sure. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Uh, pulling the curtain back, though, backstage, though, people are like, oh, how far is the nearest store? Can we uh, o- like Uber eat something? I'm like, what are you guys talking about? Next thing I know, you're walking in with soft tortillas. I'm like, what are they <laughs> yeah. talking Somebody gave me the wrong name of the store. That was in the area. I want to gloss over the fact that during a champion tag team championship match, being four awesome, kick-ass, beautiful woman, there oh, was a tor- really the, the action stopped for a tortilla challenge in the middle of a championship match. If you had not mm-hmm. seen it yet, Please check out social medias. Make sure you check out the show when it's available. It's uh, it was a spot I still am still talking about today. Obviously, amazing, amazing, amazing spot. Ruthless Lala opponent got injured. You guys changed it to a best of seven series with Mister Wolf. That did not disappoint either. I mean, we knew when that was gonna when it was about to come to a head. It was gonna be a hell of a match. Uh, I mean, they. I'm not. I've just seen 
what they've done on social media, I still don't even know the, you know, I'm not involved in that auntie, nephew, family, whatever they got going on. As the governor, I'm just worried about the BCW Women's Championship, which I did not like Isaiah Wolf having and running off with it. Oh, true. Uh, Rufus Lala has been a hell of a champion. She's been defending it ever since she won it against Vanity, and she's been to other promotions defending the championship. She's a kick-ass competitor. It, it was very sad that Riley Shepard had to uh, pull out of the event due to injury. Wish her the best, and hopefully she'll be back soon. But she needed an opponent. There was nobody at the time, just like who was available, who was qualified enough to challenge at anniversary for the women's championship. So me and Mr. Cole put our heads together. We went to everybody, and you know what? We said, if you're going to kick off your you know best of series and you need to start somewhere, anniversary is spot, and let's let's just work this out and. We, we want our championship back on top of it. Selfishly, I hope this goes to full seven matches because the, the first match is any indication. This is going to be a highlight in the shows coming up. Oh, yeah. And, if, you know, let's not, you know, let's we got to call it out. You know, Isaiah Wolf, he did win the match. Ten minutes timely, he won it with seven seconds remaining. Seven seconds, yeah. So Seven seconds remaining. He, you know, it almost, it was neck and neck. He was able to pull it. I'm not going to say he was lucky, but he was able to pull it out. But it took literally almost the entire time yeah. and going back and forth with someone the caliber of Rufus Lala, one of the most dangerous competitors in the game. Then you had the Queen of Anarchy match. Empress of Anarchy, Empress. yes. Uh, Mrs. Vicky, you know, came out on top of that. You know, yeah, we've had it. Uh, that's not our, we've had a lot of, you know, uh, twists and turns with that. Uh, Jordan Blade won our previous one in Queen of the North. So yes. now we have Mrs. That's Vicky. Right. So, and Jordan Blade uh, upset by Christina Marie. That was, that was also a great, great women's singles contest that it's tough because so many things get lost in the shuffle when you have the title matches and the stipulation matches. But as an exhibition, that was great as well. That was a great, great match. Um, both women delivered, you know, great shows of strength there. And real quick to touch back uh, to Ruthless Lala and Isaiah, intergender wrestling is done well often because it's commonplace True. again. And I think that they did exceptional. First match in the series, look forward to it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think me and Mr. Cole have said it on various podcasts uh, coming back into Queen of the North after seeing, you know, every all the, the uh, women making history that night. We're going to, you know, we're not really going to, it's more going to be about the competitors themselves, not intergender. Like, we don't want it to be something that's an attraction. The talent, no matter if you're male or female, it's about the talent being good or not. So, if, you know, if you're a great female talent, we're going to put you on. You might, you know, it's not going to be, you know, a female's match, a men's match, a women's match. Going forward, it's just who is going to be the best competitor to right. be on our show. So, everybody has to step it up now. Men, are, it's not, oh, okay, there's, you know, like every, every other company out there, you have one women's match, you have two women's matches, and it's a special attraction. No, a lot of the women are better than some of the male matches out there. Yeah, true. It's who can carry the ball, who can put the best, you know, their best effort out there, both in the ring, personality-wise, who is going to be out there that the people want to see. That's what it comes down to nowadays. Yeah, I mean, hell, hell of a show. Then you had Darius Carter against Reverend Ron Hunt. That match was, I was there in commentary for half of it, got kicked out, and then I just, and that match was probably one of my favorite matches I've seen in a while. It was a great match. Those two guys have chemistry right off the bat, and it was awesome. Storytelling was uh, on point. Was phenomenal on yeah. that one. Darius always delivers. So Darius is uh, just one of the best talents out there that's not signed. Uh, Reverend Ron Hunt is fantastic as well. That yeah. was definitely, they, you know, you knew it was going to be magic that when they went in the ring together. That was my first time seeing uh, seeing Ron Hunt in person. I'd seen his matches on YouTube, but I'd never called one or seen him work and delivered all the same as Darius. 
Oh, he's intense. You know, like I said, I was out there uh, during the TakeOver versus SDP show. I was out there at ringside with Jay Bougie when uh, they had the, the Flaming Croc. And, yeah, and he is a person. You look into his eyes, uh, he definitely puts the fear of God in you. <laughs> so you actually, sure. hung, you, sure. actually, you actually hung out with Jay Bougie? Well, I was, oh, oh, I was an invited was... guest for his show. I came out to ringside with him. Wow, okay. On such an important night in his career, he asked me. Impressive. To help guide him and what? be there to represent. Well, you know what I did when Jay Bougie entered the the arena, I raised the roof. He actually did raise the roof, ladies and gentlemen. I, I think that might have been why the uh, the rope was missing. And then, as Jay Bougie was rounding the corner around the ring, he looked at Mister Ortiz here dead in the eyes. Ortiz was waving like a like a twelve year old girl meeting BTS. He's my friend. And he was reciprocated with a middle finger. Yeah. No, I, that's I no, no. Yes. We explained this. No, that's not what happened. That's not what happened. Ryan Peterson walked past the commentary booth and he flipped off Ryan Peterson. Mm. I mean, he waved at me. Flip off Ryan Peterson? <laughs> he looks like Mr. Potato Head. Wow. Know, nobody exactly. likes him. Exactly. Wow. We we like you, Ryan. Thank you. For... No, yeah. we don't. I mean, stop, everyone stop, was stop, everyone stop was getting. Right. He's the worst. He's horrible. Everyone was getting concerned. They were like, "Oh, the concession stand sells hot dogs now, like good hot dogs." They were like, "No, Ryan's under the lights again." It was it was wow. fine. It was fine. Insert uh but um bum little Bobby Heenan joke. It's gonna it's probably gonna offend him and so many people because they don't know that's a Bobby Heenan joke. I can't wait. Talk about that main event. Marine Shafir defending the BCW championship. <laughs> that was an incredible contest. Uh I, I I I was speechless for the first time in my life. I was speechless at the end of that encounter. I'm sorry, uh, you? I've never known yeah, AJ Penn to be speechless. So, that's why I was yeah. so happy. Wow. <laughs> But that's how shocking it was. I mean, that match. And let's, you know, we have to talk about, too. Like, that match came about in the span of maybe three days. That's true. Yeah. It was originally supposed to be Marina Shapiro defending against Casey Cattell. Unfortunately, she broke her hand. She was not able to compete. Myself and Mr. Cole, we decided, you know what? We're going to let Casey, you know, who, you know, who do you think would be a suitable replacement for you? And if you can't have one Kirk, you have the other. She's like, Brandon will step in. And he didn't even just step in. He he, no, he, he, he made a statement. He went, for the, he went for the jugular. Let's say what it is, man. Oh, as soon as the introduction, he went, he friggin' just went at her, which you need to do. He came at Marina Shafir, and that match was, yeah. And it definitely, also, you know, I want to say, you know, prove like some people, you may think of Brandon Kirk, Casey Kirk as just, you know, deathmatch wrestlers. No, he, he proved tonight he could hang in an actual wrestling match with an MMA specialist, and he delivered in that match. It could have went either way. We could have saw a new champion. That match was very back and forth, and but again, it shows how badass of a champion and a competitor Marina Spear is that yeah, she, she, truly she is just snapped guy. out of nowhere, and she locked the submission in, and Brandon had to tap out immediately. And immediately is like an understatement. That's the worst part about it. Yeah, I was, I was literally in shock when I saw what happened. You don't talk about someone's child. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Yeah, that made her snap, and you don't want to have Marina Shafir snap. No. No, she'll snap your limbs, so. I don't want to have Marina Shafir on snap, you know, if that makes sense. But then if she snaps, I'm even more scared. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't yeah. you don't tug at Superman's cape, you don't make Marina Shafir snap. Yes, 100%, yeah. She's been great to work with. I am proud to have her as our world champion. <sighs> But yeah, you don't. It's you still want to walk on eggshells around Marina Shapiro. And you mentioned that you're proud to have her as your champion, which I think we all are, based on her yeah. performances, what she's doing on social media. It's also fun for me as a BCW fan and loyalist to see that 
she's proud to be our champion as well. And that's a refreshing take, and she's just killing it, and props to her. Brandon was there, of course, but there's a lot of injuries. People didn't show up. But Casey right. Cattell still showed up and did commentary on that match. Instead of being the match, she did commentary for that match. I thought it was re- very uh, respectful on her part. Yeah, definitely kudos to Casey. Uh, you know, she definitely she was looking forward to fight. She was supposed to be in our, you know, uh, when we had the Queen of the North in January, when it was scheduled before, you know, uh, COVID ar- arose yeah. again. She was going to be in that original right. Empress of Anarchy match. Fortunately, she couldn't make it for the March show, but she has wanted to make her debut with BCW for a while. And then she had the opportunity to be in a main event against Karina Shafir. And she was very disappointed when she couldn't, but she, you know, once she stay, uh, when she named Brandon her replacements, she definitely said, I'm still going to be there. I'm going to show my support. I'm going to be there with my husband. And he said, hey, would you like to join us on commentary while you're here? And she's like, I'd love to. And that's how professional and that's how, you know, great yeah. of a competitor and how much she wants. And she loves, again, another person who loves the business. Other people would have, you know, said, oh, no, yeah, I'm not just coming for that. No, yeah, we'll try to, you know, try to work here in the future. She was there for everything. She had such a great time. And yeah, kudos to the Kirks. They are definitely, you know, I don't want to ruin their image, but they're two great people. <laughs> Uh, two badasses in the ring. I'll, I'll you know, preface that with, as well. They're two fantastic athletes. So uh, happy to have them on board with BCW. And we will definitely, you know, hopefully we can have, if she doesn't lose the title beforehand, Marina Shafir versus Casey Cattell at another time. From a broadcast standpoint also, she added great depth uh, to the commentary team. You know, obviously biased. You know, she is, you know, Mrs. Kirk and such. But I got to tell you that uh, she she delivered from a broadcast standpoint. There were at some times she <laughs> she did stand up for Marina when he said yeah <laughs> wow. when he That's true. The mic, as as a woman yeah she did <laughs> yeah she did she did I, I didn't want to let that out but you know I feel better now that it is yeah no we had we had to break that you know like hey they faced each other in the ring so she's not afraid to talk against her husband but it, you yeah know, she loves him but hey if he's if he if he ups he ups up. She's going to call him out on it, and she did. Yeah. But, no, she had a great time. Yeah, we had a great time calling her with her. It was like, yeah, definitely uh, a great way to end a a crazy, <laughs> a action-packed uh, day. And the match delivered, uh, getting to work with Cheyenne and Casey on that match was fantastic. Uh, couldn't have asked for, you know, a better period. So, or exclamation point, I want to say, to that to anniversary. All right, gentlemen, thank you for being here. Uh, we had a great time at BCW's fifth anniversary. Thank you for dissecting it. What two better people than you gentlemen. So thank you for making time for us here tonight. But that wasn't the only thing that happened last weekend. It was the biggest, I'm sorry, second biggest party of the summer, SummerSlam. So let's get right into that. It's time for this week's TV Takedown. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for sitting through us talking about BCW's fifth anniversary we are the official podcast of bcw we're so official we are no longer covering the show for the podcast we are part of the family when you hear your family and that includes bcw so make sure you check them out on all their social medias make sure you check it out when this, the show comes out the show's coming out was it title match network <sighs> sweet summer slam an event i watched with mr aj pan at hooters at the official watch party, after party of BCW's anniversary. Cheyenne, unfortunately, you weren't there to watch it with us, but you checked out SummerSlam? I, I was able to catch it once I got back home after being an adult and buying a microwave, yeah. That's right, you had to buy a microwave. Did you buy it in a store or online? No, I went in, you got to go and buy it in a store. It's an appliance. 
You can buy it online. No, you gotta go. No, you gotta go you look at it. Amazon. Uh, no, absolutely know. not. You have to. It's an appliance. You have to go look at it. Yeah. Okay. All right. You got it. First of all, there's a whole. When you're buying a, a microwave, it's like buying a car. Gotta go. That's not true. When it comes to microwave. Gotta gotta test the eject button. Number one. Okay. Number two. Gotta make sure your console, your buttons are all working out. Gotta make sure it's got. Shine. I love you. This, don't disrespect. This is a wrestling podcast. We'll get into this later. SummerSlam. I do have a question though. Like, where, where, what, what, what store do you go to when they let you test? Like, do you, you bring your own bagels or bread? And well, slime? I I usually go Popcorn. to either Walmart or Bed Bath because they've got a fantastic showroom for appliances. And like, do you bring your own pizza bagels and try the buttons and the eject and make sure they cook correctly? Well, I go and I get the Hungry Man XLs and I make sure that they fit in there. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Man knows what he wants. Yes. Thank you. All right. So as long as he able to test it, in. okay. Back to SummerSlam. So SummerSlam, after party at Hooters in New Jersey, Edison, New Jersey, me, AJ, Mark, thought it would be a hop, skip, and a jump. No, it was a half hour south of where yeah, we were. I was, I was, yeah, Biggest I was, surprise of my life. Yeah. After, tra- after traveling a half hour, again, south of where we were, we find Hooters. Yeah. I was told it was north, and j- just add that on to the day. But <laughs> it ended up being a great time. We had a great time. We we get there just in time. I think it was the middle of the the opening match, Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch, and we caught the tail end of that. And that was the best match to catch the tail end of because of the return of one of my favorites, Bailey. Yes. Unfortunately, the commentary, the audio was low, so I see the reaction of the crowd. I see Bianca's reaction. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? I didn't hear anything. And then Bailey comes out looking hotter than ever. Then she's joined by the unsigned Dakota Kai and EO Sky. Yeah. Uh, what a hot, hot start to that show. Uh, yeah, it was a great part to walk into. You know, we saw a fantastic match between uh, Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch. And then as soon as that was over, you know, even though it, it kind of worked with no sound, since we, were, yeah. we, no, we like, couldn't even hear the music, all of a sudden we see Bailey walk out like, oh shit, what the fuck is this? Yeah. You know, back. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, kind of better, yeah. Walking out and then all of a sudden like we see it stop and what's going on? And then... Dakota Kai shows up, like, oh, wait a minute, what? Yeah. Wait, see, like, you know, like everybody else, like, she was released, she's back, like, oh, all right, go Triple H, all right. You're right. And then on top of that, like, wait, it's not over yet, and EO Sky comes out. So that that was definitely a banger of a way to kick off the show. Big fan of that. And then to see Becky join up with Bianca, like we were kind of watching, and like a lot of us there, some of the fans we were watching with thought it was going to be maybe a turn, and no. Becky uh, aligned herself with Bianca for the time being, and now we'll see when Becky's back from injury uh, where exactly that goes. So, ready a lot of good storylines going on the Raw side of things. Yeah, big time. We heard that Becky being heel was a Vince decision. So, here we are, the first big premium live event Triple H is making with Mark Reddy. Right off the bat, the first match with the first, first 25 minutes. Becky face I mean, turn yeah, and just... the return of those three heels. It. I mean, I, I, have, I was actually discussing this earlier with a, a friend of mine, which... A lot of people didn't pick up on. Jay Bougie? Uh, I'm a, I was like a little behind on shows, and I watched maybe a couple of days ago uh, that Raw that Monday when Triple H was named the head of creative. The MSG show. Yes. The one I was and at, by the way. way. It started off immediately, like the, it went on to air with the Miz and Logan Paul brawling. Um, like you could see that that's already was Hunter's handprint all over it because Vince he has his you know paint by numbers that's worked for him, but like you know oh what it would have started off with. The uh, commentators talking about Raw, hyping up SummerSlam, yeah, yeah. music hits, 10-minute promo. Like, no, the show started off with urgency. Like, they go on the air. Right. 
the announcement right. sound like, oh my god, like look at this, like we didn't even get on the air. They're brawling before the show started. Like that immediately a little thing, but it showed you this is a new era, and we're gonna do things hopefully the way the fans have been clamoring for. You know, Raw for a couple of years was like Saturday Night Live in that textbook format of how it opened. So if Logan Paul would have came out and done that and hit a home run, just to be assholes, New York would have not. Absolutely, hit, yeah. You know? Yeah. They never give him a chance. No. No. Now, do you think after his performance at SummerSlam, crowd reaction will change? Because I think that was on par with Bad Bunny's performance. I think it definitely changed it's a lot better. of people's perception because I haven't been, oh, yeah. I, I haven't really seen a bad word about him since, ever since SummerSlam. People are praising him. Yeah. Uh, saying what a great performance he, you know, did. It shows that he cares about his involvement with WWE, no matter how, how I, you know, I heard he's not going to be around for a little bit now, but whenever he is going to be around, it seems like he actually does care about being, it's not just a payday for him. He actually enjoys what he's doing with World Wrestling Entertainment and being a part of that world. And it showed, and again, uh, sitting there watching that night, you know, it's funny, you know, again, a lot of people hate on him, but people, you got to give credit to the Miz. The guy's second match, Made him look like a million bucks. Yep. And yeah. another guy, he doesn't care. He knows, you know, he took the clean pinballs for him. And he's gonna be he's the one that's gonna be back on Raw. It's not gonna hurt him <laughs> because he he's a professional. He knows how to make things work. Yeah. I think that's why he's always in the best spot possible, because he's Correct. about business. Yeah, because he's you know, he's smart. You know, a lot of people would, you know, maybe bitch and moan where Miz is smart. He knows, like, dude, I'm working an angle with Logan Paul, who's yeah. one of the most recognizable figures, like it or not, on, on you know, in the United States or in the world right now. So you're working with him. You're going to be on every major media platform. Exactly, yes. They're going to talk about, you know, oh, so, you know, oh, coming up to, you know, later on, you know, Logan Paul wrestled at, uh, you know, the, the wrestling event last night against The Miz. And that leads to more opportunities for him. That's why he's lasted so long. The Miz is one of the most smartest guys in the industry. He's earned his stripes without, like, far, you know, light years. Two-time Grand Slam champion. He does anything that is asked of him. The he only transcended wrestling. Two-time Grand Slam champion. You know, he's been Dancing with the Stars. He has his own reality show that's now been three, four seasons in. You know, Appreciate they keep it. wanting new episodes. One of the most entertaining superstars they have had in the last, I'd say, 15, 20 years. And he's known how to reinvent himself. He works with any, he works with anybody. He's done stuff from Damian Sandow to yeah. The Miseraj. With his wife, Maurice, to now Tommaso Ciampa. Like, you know, I was laughing when I was sitting at the table with, you know, some of the talent. And we see Ciampa come out with the green robe, like the Miz. And it's like, it looks weird, but it works. And they make it work. And does work. On paper, you'd be like, Miz and Ciampa, how the hell? That makes no sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you see them together and Miz makes it, you know, I'm sure a lot of, you know, not not against, you know, I love Tommaso. Great worker. Fantastic talent. But it shows the Miz's entertainment influence. He gets... That side of it. You put him with somebody, he's going to make it work. He's going to make it entertaining, and he's going to do his best to make it one of the most talked about things on the program. Do you guys have any favorite matches, favorite moments of SummerSlam? Uh, I'm a huge Pat McAfee mark, so yeah. that was one of my favorite parts of the evening. What part was that? The match itself or any specific part? Oh, uh, like everything. You know, seeing, you know, as soon as Corbin came out, you had the choir. That was great. That, that was going to point. Ass Corbin. Yeah. And then just him coming out to fanfare with his little, you know, Titan show on. And, yeah. and he, he's just, he was made for this industry. He's just. How did, how did you like, here's a good one. Cause fans are really, really contingent about this. How did you like WWE's version of his theme song? Cause that, now that's a very big Vince thing. You know, Vince hates paying for right, 
paying the rights for music because it, it costs a fortune. And I was like, not for nothing, out of all the WWE imitation songs, let's just call them, like they're trying to get that version of such yeah. and such song. I was like, not for nothing, this is a pretty good Wish.com version of the White Stripes Logan Paul song. So, uh, excuse me, um, Pat McAfee song. So what did you think of that? Because, well, you guys didn't hear that, did you? No, at that point, the, the volume was turned up. And at that point, I wasn't thinking the comparison to the White Stripes. I'm like, this is cool. But I heard the yeah. chanting, the crowd chanting along. And it did sound familiar to me, but I didn't put two and two together at that point until I read the reaction the next day. Like, oh, that makes sense. That was cool. Yeah. And then WWE being the geniuses they are, they had the Titan Tron queued up with the, oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh. So you really would have not known the difference. No, not at all. No, and then the fanfare too. You know, the, the, the cheerleaders coming out with him. And yes. It, yeah, it was just, it, it, yeah, they know how to work around stuff. But again, they know what they have in him. And it was done perfectly to help get him, I mean, not help get him over. He doesn't need help. He's fantastic. But it adds to his persona. And yeah, no, it was a great spectacle. Uh, he worked, you know, and Corbin's very underrated. Uh, Corbin has been a great heel for the company. Massively. Yes. Yeah. So Please definitely a great, and they have the built-in story, which, you know, many people don't know they did tell it well. And, you know, I didn't realize they were former partners on the other cold. So roommates. Yeah. Roommates. Yeah. yeah so right. it was uh, definitely, yeah. you know, cool. And you have that, what people joke about, you have that hashtag long-term, long-term storytelling yeah. and it yeah. worked out well. Uh, they were all having fun. Even Michael Cole, this is you know, working with McAfee has rejuvenated him yes. so much. Like he, you can tell he's genuinely enjoying what he's doing now again, and just like you could see the, the genuine friendship between them, and watching him like get up and be involved and just you know be happy or like scream at Corbin, it's great. It adds to everything, and it helps us be entertained. So I I, I yeah. love all of it. During the uh, Constable Corbin era. Around that time, I named Baron Corbin my Superstar of the Year during a year in Putty Awards because I think every week is on my TV, whatever they give him, he hits a home run with. And still to this day, whatever they give him, he hits the home run. Bum-ass Corbin, King Corbin's downfall, bum-ass Corbin, now the rise of Happy Corbin. I just think Baron Corbin is freaking underrated. And thankfully, me and my former co-host had a great conversation with uh, Darius Carter at Hooters during the post uh, at the party. And Darius Carter feels the same way. He thinks Baron Corbin is underrated, a great competitor. Whatever you give him, he makes, what was the quote? Um, chicken chicken salad out of chicken shit or chicken shit out yes, of yes, whatever. That's, how it's yeah, very, yeah, very old school term, but yeah. that's it. Yeah, and it's just, I think Baron Corbin, everyone hates Baron Corbin, but you're supposed to hate him? Exactly. Right, right. But I don't think it's the respect he earns. I think hating somebody or respecting somebody are two different stories. And, I think eventually people realize how great he was. Well, he's the, he's one of the talent. He doesn't get like what, and I hate you know, I hate to say it, but like you know, like it's that quote unquote X Pac heat when it was called back in the day. Mm. Oh yeah, he gets genuine great feel mm-hmm. because he's such a great. Like you actually hate him. It's not like you don't yeah. want to see him on TV. It's you hate his yeah. character. Like even so, I loved watching when he was doing the down out Corbin because there were points where he was able to get some vulnerability out of it. Like you felt bad mm-hmm. for him. Yeah. Blood and of the then stone, in the next yeah. sentence, he would say something yes. arrogant. He's like, you know, like, Kevin Owens, like, oh, 20 bucks. Like, 20, that's all you can give me? Yes. Come on, I know you're making, like, oh, come on, bro. Like, Same thing with John Cena, too, yeah. And that's that's the genius of yeah. a guy like Corbin that people don't really pick up on. Yeah. When it's all said and done, Corbin is going to probably be a top five, maybe top three standout from the original NXT. Yeah, yeah. 
It was funny. I was thinking about like what I was I was uh, watching tonight, watching his match against uh, Ricochet, and I was like, wow, he's come such a long way from, you know, the just coming to Lone Wolf and the people doing the countdown during his matches. Yep. And just being so silent, and now he's come to this where he could make almost anything work. He does make everything work. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's so, fantastic. Yeah, big, big kudos to Baron Corbin. I'm going as far as to say future Hall of Famer. Yes. Oh, I mean, for sure. Yeah. 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 One of my favorite matches of the year has been uh, the Usos, Street Profits, Money in the Bank. Looking yes. forward to this match at SummerSlam, the rematch with my man, Jeff Jarrett. How would you guys feel met up to the expectations? I thought it delivered. You know, I thought it delivered. I thought considering, you know, they had the challenge of how do we get the special referee aspect in there without it screwing somebody over? You know, like that's that's one of those things in wrestling, like a wrestling wedding. You're like, oh, yeah. sabotage, right? You're not expecting them to live happily ever after. Having said that, when you have the special referee aspect, even if it would have been until the next night on Raw, you're thinking Jarrett's going to pick a side or something. Jarrett's going to cost them, protect them, you know, whatever it is. They didn't go that route. I think the only I didn't watch Raw. So, you know, I think the only or I didn't catch all the SmackDown rather. It was weird. It was like they were teasing the breakup and yet they weren't. The you know, there was a lot there was yeah, there yeah. was a lot of there was a lot of Dawkins in the match, but there was a lot of Ford also. So it kind of made me like, "Oh man, maybe they really are going to break them up." But, you know, everybody, you know, won clean and and fought hard and and everybody went home happy. It was an epic tag team match. That was really good. I compared uh Montez Ford I think a year ago. I felt he had very Rock-esque vibes to him. The Rock vibes from the Nation Domination era. I feel like he's going to be a breakout star. But then what I saw Dawkins do in Money in the Bank, I'm like, this guy is not a slouch either. He's not he's no Marty Jannetty. Exactly. Exactly. And I think these guys together would be freaking fantastic. But they've been teasing them since, like, oh, there's tension between these teams. The guys are fighting. There's some beef between the guys. On commentary. It's not shown on the screen, but the commentary is mentioning it. Like, okay, that's weird. I think they're going to break him up. But at the end of that match, I feel like, okay, maybe they're going to break him up. Do you think they should break him up? Because in the WWE Universe, there aren't that many solid tag teams yet. Now, what other tag teams are going to beat the Usos? There aren't tag teams anymore. I, I think we feel that there's no tag teams because the question is who's going to beat the Usos. Truth, yeah. They, right? They beat and everybody. I'm not going to say that WWE has this plethora of tag teams. It's not what I'm saying. I feel like we're we're downplaying the division because nobody has beaten the Usos. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the way champions used to be and how they should be, that credibility. True. You know, um, having said that, I kind of don't want them to split because for me, it'll be too soon. Me too. Even yeah. if you look at their NXT combined with the uh, Raw and SmackDown tenure, for me, it'll be a little too soon. But if it happens, I guess I'm I hate talking like this because i feel like it comes with like a stigma i'm prepared for them to break up because wwe has done that unless they're breaking up in the draft in october or november whenever whatever's coming yeah i really don't hope that i hope they don't break them up either i'm i i guess they're planting the seeds just in case yeah uh, again it goes to uh you know triple h not being head of creative exactly and yeah. hopefully we see a changing of the guard we know vince was not a big fan of teams and you know the later runs we, we would see maybe a brief you know, spark of, you know, tax individual like, oh, yeah, just give it a push. And then they split people up. We wouldn't see much of tag themes. Triple H, again, he's more old school. We saw even, too, you know, when he was in NXT, there was a big run of tag teams there. So I do hope they stick together. Um, again, like you both have said, you know, Dawkins has really stepped it up. 
Uh, he's shown he is definitely on the level with Montez, and they are equals, I think, at this point. Yeah. Montez, slight edge just because of promo skills. Yeah, but, but Dawkins, yeah. he's he's definitely. He's but not Dawkins like also hasn't been given that opportunity. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to say that he's in that conversation, but we're not going to know it till he's had the opportunity. No, yeah, you're and definitely. Like, he's like no slouch. Like I, 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 I enjoy their work together. But Montez, we got to say, you know, he does. He's he shines. Oh no, he's oh, he's great. But yeah. Dawkins is no slouch. He's you next know, level on a mic as of now, for sure. For yeah. sure. But yeah, no, Dawkins has been working hard, and I'd say they're back. They're back at a place where I think they're valuable as a team for the company. Right. That main event, last man standing, thoughts? It was different. Yeah. It, I yeah. mean, it's tough how, you know, how you're going to, supposedly that was Brock's last chance at the title for until they decide something. Um, yeah. Yeah. How are you going to do a last man standing? We've done, we've seen Roman in the last man standing matches, and but now it's against Brock Lesnar. So how do you have a match with him? And then you have also the added question mark of whether Theory was going to get involved, which he did. Yeah. It was, it was, I, I, I didn't hate it, but I could see where people would have hated it. It was different. It, it was, was different. a WWE last man standing match. I guess that's the best way to put it. First? Right. I mean, first, he comes out with a tractor trailer and lifts up the ring. First last man standing match in SummerSlam history? That blew my mind. Was it? Possibly. There that might, sounds right. It sounds right. There could possibly have been one more, but I think that I think that might that's, have been No, that, that sounds right because... Shane and Steve Blackman was just hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. There weren't many gimmick matches besides the latter at SummerSlam prior to 99. Rock and Foley was Royal Rumble. I I think that's accurate. That might yeah, that might be. Yeah, I think 99% sure that's accurate. And a great comment Corey Graves made on his podcast was that the blow off to feuds, I mean rivalries, big epic rivalries, the blow off back in the day was hell in a cell. Now that's become a gimmick and a pay-per-view in and of yeah. itself, he felt that Last Man Standing is nowadays the ultimate blow-off to a feud. I felt like he has that he has a point because I don't see too many Last Man Standing matches these days unless it's a point to blow off something. Yeah. Uh, someone made a comment online, I think it was Twitter, that Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar has main-evented as many SummerSlams as they have WrestleManias. Fun fact. I went back to check. That's true. Yeah, I think it was like three and three. No, it is correct. Oh, wow. yeah, it is correct. Yeah. Amazing. I well, here's pre- the other thing, too, to, to kind of back up Corey Braves' point and AJ being the senior man could, back, could co-sign this. Originally, the, the ultimate, mind you, it was kind of hoard out by the 80s, too. The ultimate um, settlement was the cage, right? Yes. Yeah. And then Sean, and even though, mind you, you got cage matches all the time in the 80s. Kind of wind down a bit in the 90s from like 94 to like 97. We get the Hell in a Cell match. And then, you know, like Graves had mentioned, it became a pay-per-view and its own gimmick in and out of itself. Mm -hmm. Then you take the cage match. They're just kind of on TV to be on TV. I I don't mean this in a nasty way, but I don't remember the last good cage match I saw on television. Me personally. And then you guys know this. If you go to the live events, you're probably going to get a cage match, especially if it's the Christmas show. So other um other gimmick matches have become more more and more significant, especially last man standing, because the idea is no restrictions. It's beyond the walls, right? So that that makes sense. For me, it was the right kind of theater, if that's okay to say. 
Yes. Of For course, me, yeah. it was the right kind of theater because also it's like a cage. It's like a cell. What the hell do you even do? You know, every match type is about innovation. You're not going to see these guys hitting 450s off of stuff. So I, I personally enjoyed it. I thought it was different. I thought everybody in there came out looking like a winner. From Theory to Brock to Roman, everyone in there come, came out like a winner. Brock Lesnar has the credibility where he could beat someone with their bare hands. So you're going to have to incapacitate him and literally bury him to defeat him. So for me, it was the right kind of theater. Um, I'm not going to say it was like the greatest SummerSlam match of all time. But if we look at just the Roman and Brock feud, it's one of their better matches. Oh, yeah. I think so, too. Yeah. It needed it needed to accomplish what it needed to accomplish. I mean, again, right. we're going back like last man standing matches. Like, of course, I think uh, Roman and Owens from the Royal Rumble during the pandemic era was much, oh, better, yes. done, was yeah. well, much more well done. The they handcuffs, worked a much yeah. better match. But, oh, well, yeah. Again, what was, again, going back to Cheyenne, from, it, it did what was needed. Because you, you need to keep Brock. You can't have Brock lose. And it's weird to say cleanly in a last man standing, but... You need to do something kind of gimmicky. So having him buried by the Usos and Roman and taming it in the ball, hitting him with the F5, it was a, like a perfect part of the perfect storm to have Roman go over, keep his title ring going, to send Brock off for a while. It was well done. But again, was it the best match? No. Was it the best last man standing match? No. But it was definitely needed what it needed to accomplish. Wasn't harmed by any means. I could see where people would criticize it. But it served its purpose. It was entertaining. Yeah, it was good. It was entertaining. I I enjoyed it. I didn't have an issue with it. Uh, you know, yeah. Theory, it's say you know, theory didn't get you know buried either. You know, he came nope. out. He tried. Obviously, against they they both were still kind of strong, and even they went back to him one point and smacked him with, yes. uh, with the briefcase, and it was comical. So, but he still has it. So, yeah, it worked for everybody involved. Lesnar's yeah. out for a while now, so he decides to come back. Reigns is still. Undisputed WWE Universal Champion, and Theory still can out both the briefcase, and he's dangerous now for another, you know, ten months. There wasn't much to TV until the last thirty seconds of SmackDown, where we see Drew McIntyre face to face with Roman Reigns, talking about their clash at the castle coming up in, I believe, the beginning of September. Lights go out, Scarlet comes out, music hits, Karrion Cross is back, ladies and gentlemen, and I marked out. I mean. We thought he was coming back. We didn't know he was coming back. And that's what I'm liking about the Triple H era so far. There's no leaks of they're coming back. AJ, your thoughts on the last 30 seconds of SmackDown? Uh, yeah, I was shocked. And it was funny because at the top of these program, I was texting a couple of friends of mine. And we were discussing, oh, you know, what do you think? You know, who do you think is going to come back? Who do you want to see come back out of, you know, the release people? And, you know, I, I'm hoping, you know, I want to see Johnny Gargano and Candace come back, hopefully. Mm -hmm. uh, but then, you know, we were talking about Karrion Cross and Scott. Like, yeah, you know, I think eventually they'll come back. And then by the time, you know, <laughs> 9.59 hits, and we're like, oh, what the hell just happened? That's we're black and white yeah. screen, and crosses back to his old gimmick, which I, I'm glad, you know, back to the entire old NXT gimmick. Everything, the black and white scroll at the top of the ramp. He came out, and then she comes out with the with the uh, the hourglass, and the show ends with him looking at Reigns, TikTok, and just a fantastic way to end SmackDown. Yeah, I... My mouth is open. I was like, oh, all right. Okay. I'm here for this. Okay. Like, wow. Okay. Hell yeah. Let's, let's do this. I don't know if losing to Roman Reigns hurts carrying Cross here. I think someone needs to take, not both, but one of the titles off him. If they're not unifying um, them, take one of them off of him. I mean, I've, it's at a point, you know, and it, 
whoever takes it, it needs to be somebody that gets the run. But do they think it can't Bo- be a guy? It can't be like a Lesnar. It couldn't. It can't be you know a Agreed, yeah. or somebody already established. It right. needs to be someone to get that run. But do they take both titles or do they take one? I would see at this point. I think they should just leave it. It's one championship. I want. Yeah. Okay. Um. I so I always like the one championship concept since they initiated it in 2002 yes. with the idea being that the champion appeared on both brands. Yes. Having said that, when booked properly, having a champion on it, having a respected champion for each uh, brand, when booked properly, also works. I agree. So oh, sure. I, I, don't, I don't think there's a, uh, a wrong method of madness here. <clears throat> but I will say this. If Karrion Cross on the road to WrestleMania – because let's face it, guys, nothing's going to happen till Survivor Series. You're not going to have a massive. You're going to have a lot. It's going to be a hell of a rest of the year. These last four four oh, months. Hell yeah. But you're not going to get a massive thing until probably Survivor Series, right? Correct. Or Clash. Let's let's be fair. Having said that, if Karrion Cross becomes fodder for Roman Reigns, but has a match that it's like, holy shit, look what this kid could do. Fans like us, we know what he can do. Fans like us. We know his capabilities, but to the WWE fan, to the non-NXT fan, him having a match with a Roman, even if it's a loss, makes his stock go up. Versus to me, McIntyre's at a place as a babyface that if he goes down to Roman, that's a big loss. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, it- I'm not trying to say that 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 Carrion uh, shouldn't be a champion. I'm not. It's not that. But what I'm saying is. He's literally coming in at a blank canvas, and that's what you used to do. You used to, I know I sound super old saying that, but you used to work the champion, win, lose, or draw, to get a rub. Truth. The pro, I don't know. I don't know how many people remember his raw, his brief raw run, but no, it was not I, okay. But the beginning of your sentence, I don't know how many people remember it. That genuinely feels like a lifetime ago. It does, yeah. It was different. It, does, it was totally but, different from his yeah. NXT character. You and then. Because if you really look at how long he was in NXT, if you're being honest, you might not even remember his first run with the company. Oh, yeah. No, it was a cup of coffee there as well. Same yeah. thing. Like, like you don't – nobody is really talking about Drew McIntyre's first run with the company. Cody was there for 10, 12 years, and we're not even talking about that run anymore. True. So to me, if you give Cross the opportunity with the right players, Drew McIntyre and Karrion Cross can probably have a dope-ass match next Friday going to be stellar but in the october premium live or somewhere on smackdown for free if cross takes on roman the real winners carry on cross we'll see what happens now he's back I'm, I'm so excited about it i'm looking forward to what happens next week i think they set it up well enough where the tease is there for roman but i think it's set up for right after the clash now we have <sighs> yeah we have drew and we have a drew yeah cross feud and that will help Build cross, and that won't be so much as a loss to yeah. McIntyre. And plus, you got to remember, Drew's going to get the match at Clash anyway. So unless they change it to a three-way to save, you mm-hmm. know, McIntyre's babyface run, because he is the number one babyface in the company right now. There's no yeah. Cody, so it's him. So you know, that's a possibility. That's also very WWE. That's very wrestling. So you know, that's an idea too. You know, you know, doing a sixty thousand people show and having a heater. You know, that works out for him, too. Um, I, I thought it was great. I saw it this morning that it was a possibility, and then I was like, holy shit, that's quick. It's, it's definitely an interesting time to be a fan again. 
On that note, gentlemen, let's wrap things up. Again, thank you to both of you for being here. I cannot have covered PCW's fifth anniversary without both of you here, so thank you for being here. And SummerSlam, of course. We watched SummerSlam at the after party at Hooters. We were supposed to drive you home, AJ. Thankfully, for me, we wanted to get home. We didn't because you stayed home. You stayed at Hooters to hang out with the all-father Darius Carter. <laughs> I am sure there's yeah, stories. Interesting. I'm, I'm sure there's stories you can't tell us. But how is hanging out with Darius? It's, what, it's on my bucket list in the city. You and Darius hanging huh. out. How was that? Uh, me, I mean, I've hung up. Me and Darius always have a great time when we hang out together. It's definitely. Uh, it's we always joke. It's like you know, you know, people wrestling scene nowadays. Everybody leaves after the show, or a lot of the kids they go play their video games. Yeah. Me and Darius are very old school. We go out and we're out till three, four in the morning. Whenever we do go out and. We told me you, know, you guys, and like, and that's what you see back in the day. Like, I remember, you know, when I used to, you know, travel when I was, you know, younger, and I saw the all the talents, and they were that's what they would do. They would be in the bars till two, three in the morning, and be up at eight, nine a.m. in the yeah. in the gym the next day. That's the way the business was. It was a rock and roll lifestyle, and <laughs> you know, I'm not saying we're trying to be those people. That you know, that's just how like we were brought up, and that's how our lifestyles kind of are. And uh, yeah, no, we always do. We we always when we get together, it's one of those nights. So. <laughs> When you guys told me you're going to the city with Darius Carter, I'm like, oh shit, that's gonna be a fucking late ass night. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah, I only uh, to co-sign. I don't get a lot of shows where where guys do that, but I know I know what my evening is gonna be when I'm with AJ, and if nothing else, I go and I have at least two rounds with him, or I say it's only one because yep. I got work the next day, and yeah. then he gets me nice and comfortable. He rubs my big shoulders. And then he gets me to, he convinces me to stay, but it's very true. It's, you know, there's three different guys in the business, the diner, the bar, or go home. <laughs> Truth. Yeah. And, and depending on the locker room, I kind of never know which one I'm going to get. But if AJ is there, I know it's okay. Bar night. And it always times in with the last time I, I got to go out Yeah. and, um, and I've gotten to hang out with Darius a lot in the last two years. And he's, he's the best at a bar, man. He's, He's great, yeah. the best. He, and, you know, AJ and I are really on the same frequency. So it's kind of nice to have the third when mm. when it's when I've been with the two of them. So yeah. it's it's cool. Makes sense. Yeah. No, yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, it's a, so, yeah, just when me and Darius hang out, like, even like, he'll give me a look sometimes. And he's like, he's like, yo, like, we got this more often. Like, you know, me and you together, like, it's like <laughs> outside of the show, we're just being each other like, man, like, <laughs> he ain't even ready for this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, Darius is very out there. Like, I am too, but I'm like, I just, I kind of sneak along and let things, you know. <laughs> like, even at the watch party, like, I stuck out of the one room and I made it to, you know, where uh, uh, a lot of the female town were. We were just having a good conversation about the show. And he walks in, he looks at me, and he's, like, shaking his head laughing. He's like, I don't blame you. And I, I <laughs> he's like, I understand you. He's like, wow. Like, he's like, hey. <laughs> We'll talk I, would, later. I would I would never label you as low key, except when you're eating. But <laughs> but you, you're always where you need to be. That's where I'm going to put it. Well, that's what I mean. You know, you, you've seen Darius. Like Darius is still like no matter what he's on. Yo, yes, yeah. Of oh yeah. yeah well, like me, like I am to an extent, but like you know, I'm so I'm trying to play it cool until I see the opening. Like, oh hey, what's oh so all right, but I'm not like as out there as Darius, so. We're like a good, you know, little mix, and then I kind of pop out of nowhere, like, hey, yeah, it's AJ Pan, baby, woo, what's up? Yeah. 
No, it was a lot of fun to sit and, you know, after the show and talk with, you know, uh, sit and actually watch this, watch, you know, SummerSlam with, you know, people, you know, Mike Marina Shabir, yeah. Allison Kay, Marty Bell, Helen Monroe, and just talk the industry and, you know, get their insights and share insights into things. Uh, it was a lot of fun. It was definitely a great way to end the evening. And then, well, then end the evening with Darius Carter, right, you know, at the home office and, uh, yeah, close the bar down. Close the bar down. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you for being here once again. AJ, thank you for giving me the chance at commentary. Cheyenne, thank you for believing me in commentary. Hopefully, get another shot. Apparently, the next show is going to be October, end of October. End of October. We're finalizing the date right now, so the, we should uh, have that in the next day or two up. The Grand Dragon well, Tournament. Well, I'm going to, yeah, when this is over, I'm going to get on the PS3. Me and Jay Bougie are going to play a little uh, little Modern Warfare 2. Oh, we're going to get our PSN party going, Lovely and we're going to use our PlayStation Eye camera. And, and he'll lie. probably give me the During scoop this, on. I've been getting messages from him on Instagram. We've been, yeah, I have to hit him back up and see what he needs from the governor. And well, yeah, I have Instagram too, but we just prefer talking on PlayStation 3 on yeah, a Friday night. Yeah, we, we, we need to have a convo after this. Are you this sure, again, are you sure you're talking to Jay Bougie? Because I don't think Jay Bougie has PlayStation 3 or Friendster. Well... Yeah, he's got a PlayStation 3. He's excellent at, at the Modern Warfare 2. He's not as good as me, but he's excellent at Big the question. Modern Warfare 2. Big question. Does he sound like him when you see him in person, or does he sound like an eight-year-old boy? Well, I did notice he had the auto-tune on his mic, but it's him. Okay, okay. My guiding light, where can people find you on social medias? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at AJPan underscore PCA, and on Instagram at AJPanPC. If you want to get a cool AJPan t-shirt, Storefrontier.com slash AJ dash Pam. And if you're free on Tuesday nights, yes. they can find you hosting karaoke. Yes. Pink's Cantina on 10th and 1st. It's a great time. Karaoke every Tuesday night from 8 to midnight. We have a blast. You've been down there, buddy. Several Diane, times, you've yeah. been down for it. Shady's been down for it. Uh, we've had Ruth Asala. Hey, she came out for one. She has a fantastic voice. She does. On top of being a... She's great. Who, you know, who came out? I'm sorry? Lala. Who came out? Lala. I saw that. Yeah, with, yeah, with Cole. Yeah. Cole she posted, has yeah. an amazing voice. Uh, me and Putty, uh, we actually did one night uh, with my baby tonight. That's right. Wow. Hey, yeah. <laughs> uh, my favorite, yeah. So we have a lot of fun. It's not wrestling, but we, we you know, we, we, could bring, we bring some wrestling elements, but... It's a fun night. It's all inclusive. Oh, I'm I'm gonna have to go there with Jay Bougie so we could do "Say Say Say" by Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney. So I guess that will never happen. Yeah, he told me. Yeah, he told me not coming when you're there. Mr. Ortiz, where can people find you on social media? You can catch me at uh, linktree.com, uh, linktree.com/slash Shine the Voice to get all of my social media platforms: YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Woo! 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 And once again, where can people... Is the OnlyFans working yet? The OnlyFans ain't up yet, but it's coming, just like oh, me. You get, well, you got to subscribe to that. But until you subscribe to that, get yourself a Cheyenne plush, buddy. That's right. Oh, they're it. gone. You quick, you, well, they're gone? The Cheyenne plush... The Cheyenne cuddle buddies, they they, they sold out. Oh, you see that? Look at that. You got to get on that. You know, both, you both, of them? both of them? Both of them yeah. sold out? They all sold out. And then the only one left is the life-size, ladies. Yes, which, <laughs> you know... You know, you get a couple shots in him, and uh, you get to cut up with the real Cheyenne. That's right. <laughs> well, gentlemen, thanks for being here once again. Until next time, party out. Hey, baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh, my. And maybe you seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby, but I got you pinned. Ha, ha, ha.
But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>